Hey folks, it's time for another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Been away for a little while, only because, well, like I said in all my Facebook posts, I couldn't speak. But I'm making the return now, and I happen to have a special guest on the show. So I was looking for another bow, another recurve bow. Yes, you people have been asking me for an episode on recurves and traditional stuff, and I'm working on YouTube videos for that. But in the meantime, when I was looking for another bow, I had heard about a company on a podcast called St. Joe River Bows. And, you know, sure enough, I went on that site, took a look, and saw a bow that was like, wow, and this thing is ready to go. So, to explain further, as I would say, um, my special guest is one of the owners of St. Joe River Bows, Tracy Balowski. And uh, Tracy, it's nice to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> you know, I like I, I was telling people, we were looking for, for a different bow. Um, it's one thing to buy a bow that's made in China. And like I tell people, if you're just starting out, there's nothing wrong with buying something relatively inexpensive um, just so you can get your foot in the door. But eventually, after shooting one of those, you're going to want something that's a little bit more handmade, uh, a little bit more American-made, especially is the way I like to put it. Um, and... I was looking around, and the thing is, I, I've owned other um, custom-made uh, traditional bows, traditional recurves. Never had a long bow, but I had a, a recurve that I had made by uh, a, another company out there uh, who's got a fairly, really long waiting list, and that's uh, Big Jim's Bow Company. I don't know if you've ever met him at one of the shows or something like that, but you really can't. Oh, sure. Yeah, you really can't miss him because he's like almost seven feet really tall. really can't. <laughs> He's almost seven feet tall. He's probably the nicest guy you ever speak to. Um, but I had waited on a waiting list for about a year to get one made by him, and I got a recurve, and it was beautiful. And I'm like, I want to get something else, especially uh, if I wanted to get a gift for somebody or something like that. But I wanted that same feel as in the custom-made thing, but sometimes waiting for, for one of those things to get made is a little bit of a problem. Because like all Americans, we want it and we want it now <laughs> or something oh, like that. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with some good immediate gratification. There's for sure. Nothing at all. So I said, you know, I had heard about your company. I said, let me browse their website. Maybe they have some bows that are already in stock. And sure enough, you've got a whole list of bows there that you happen to, ha- happen to have. And as I'm digging further into it, I'm like, Wow, there's some really nice stuff here. One of the things that struck me right away is that you actually make bows that are designed for kids, too. It's like a smaller version of the bow or mm-hmm. something like that. And I was like, wow, this is really nice. But as I'm looking at that, and I'm like, ooh, wait a minute, long bow. Okay, now this <laughs> is nice. And I love the color. Um, you had given a name to this bow or something like that, the type of bow it was, whatever. Um, I'm like That oh. um, was one of my river camo bows that you... It is absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous, this bow. So I, I called you and I said, you have this thing in stock, right? <laughs> You're like, yeah, of course. I'm like, well, then wait no more. Order bang. And to tell you, <laughs> uh, the miracle of uh, PayPal and other methods of payment, uh, I ordered that bow up uh, and miraculously, even with the hindrance of the USPS, you managed to get it to me in a couple of days and we won't get into those people. Uh, but for all those listeners That's out there, another who, podcast. Oh yeah. For uh, all those listeners might, out, might be in the horror category <laughs> for all you listeners out there who happen to work for the USPS. And I know I have a few of my listeners who do work for them. Yeah. Um, it isn't meant for y'all. It's meant for other people who work out here who don't care about anything, but I won't get into that. Anyway, um, you got it to me in a couple days. And um, so at my house, I I have my own shop and all that because I run a pro shop and I do custom setups and all that. And I train kids here and we have a 15 yard range in the house and I got it downstairs and I, and I unpacked the bow and I'm like, Hmm, look at this. Um, this is really nice. It's actually, you had told me the pictures don't do it justice, and it really didn't. Those pictures were like, oh, okay, it looks really nice from there, but when I unpacked it and the way you wrapped everything, like, okay, this thing was like wrapped as if it was going through a nuclear war zone, so it was really, really well protected. Um, unwrapped it, and somebody had come down and was like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> take a look at this. Um, anyway, once we got that thing unpacked, 
uh, I couldn't believe the quality that was on there. I mean, when you order something custom, it, it's a big deal because, you know, you're ordering it to your specifications and all that. Uh, but when you happen to buy something that's just in stock, uh, it's mm-hmm. really, really nice to see something that has actually got every single quality you could probably, you know, ask for in something without having asked for it. It's like it's all there already. Um, it shoots like a dream. I mean, it, this one was 41 at 28, which um, at different draw lengths, uh, like a, a female drawing it, she's got a 27-inch draw. It wound up being like 39 pounds, which was like a sweet spot. And that thing yeah. shot like a demon. I mean, it's fast. It's quiet. Uh, we shoot heavier arrows than most. So I, the quiet part, even with those string puffs you put it on there, which I didn't expect it to come with, um, there's like an added bonus that you had on there. The string quality is incredible too. It, it just shoots amazing. And it's very, very sweet for the draw. It's not a very, very hard draw or anything like that. So the minute that I saw all that, I'm like, Okay, wait a minute. I got to get more information on these folks who make this because this is not something you find every day. And the thing is, there's a lot of boyers out there that I've been, you know, looking into. But something about this one caught my eye, and then it turns out there's a bigger story behind it. So what I did want to do in this podcast is to let people know that you know, generally, like I had gotten my bow from Big Jim and all that, uh, and he is very, very meticulous in the detail. Uh, but again. He never has stock bows because doesn't keep him in stock. People just uh, don't wait for him. They just take whatever he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, and i looking at your bows, and I'm like, okay. So the deeper story, that, it, as it turns out, is that you're the one who makes all these bows there. And I can tell you, I had never met a female boyer before. So there, there's a little story. You're a rare breed. <laughs> that That is for sure. And from what I've seen, that actually pays off a little bit more because um, anyone who knows me will tell you that I think it's it's a really weird uh, ratio I have. But of all my students, I think I've got right now 44 students, 46 students. And out of the 46, 44 girls. And mm-hmm. I have an easier time teaching them. Uh, don't know what, what that's about, but it seems like they pay higher attention to detail and stuff. So now all of a sudden I'm thinking, wait a minute, this translates. Because if they're OCD about their shooting, I can only imagine what a female bowyer must do. <laughs> When she's making the bow, she's like, she won't let it go until it's perfect. And I'm, I'm imagining yeah, that's probably it, the way you do things. You know, it's it's um, one of those things where um, attention to detail mm-hmm. um, can be, um, it's not necessarily uh, unique to the female of the species, mm-hmm. but it is um, something that um, I have noticed about female archers in general is that they are oriented towards really paying attention on how to achieve the task. Yeah. We like to hit the mark. Yeah. Um, we ain't playing. <laughs> we want to hit what we're aiming at. So um, I've noticed in, in my times that, you know, as I, I'm teaching archery and my clay, what, uh, I'm having the same experience that you're having, that Mm -hmm. the majority of my students are female. Mm -hmm. And, but they really, really want to succeed. And they're very focused on it. And, and you know, the thing is that you're, you're in a primarily male dominated industry. Um, Like Mm -hmm. I said, you're the only female bowyer I've ever heard of for one. I'm sure there's a few others out there. They may not be doing it, you know, commercially. I'm Mm -hmm. sure they're making their own bows. But, uh, no, it's very, very different. And as anyone who, you know, you'll talk to about me or if you listen to some of the other prior podcasts, I have a very big thing. Like, I don't care if you're a man, woman, doesn't make a difference. If you want to learn archery and you want to do whatever, I'll teach you. It doesn't make a difference to me. Now, some guys don't look at it like that, unfortunately. It's a big problem. Um, But having, you know been on that side where I have to defend my girls against a lot of different things. You know, it's good to see that there's someone who's actually out there doing it and I mean, really producing an awesome product. So how long have you, uh, have you folks been making these bows? I have been, um, I started apprenticing in 2009. Okay. Um, and I took over the company in 2010. Okay. And so I've been building a while, uh, 
a good dozen years now under my belt. Um, my husband is co-owner um, with with me in the company, though uh, he has his own gig, um, full-time job that pays for our medical and things of that sort, uh, benefits, because, yeah. you know, uh, small-time uh, artists and small business owners don't get those lovely benefits that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so, but it's, uh, I've been full-time bow building for 12 years. Because you can tell in looking at the quality that you that you did on that, and there there were a couple of things I noticed about the bow that that were very different from other stuff I had seen. But uh, we'll get into that in a second. The the big thing to me was mm-hmm. you know getting getting out there. You got a website going. You've got all these different things on there, and I do notice that you kind of you're not like other bowyers when they're selling their bows online. And like I said, there's a lot of them out there, but they tend to be a lot a little bit too commercial when they get too big. Um, and what happens is that I see that you more cater towards if you want a custom bow made, you'll make it. If you want to buy something that you already have in stock, like I guess when you get extra time, you'll crank out a couple of other bows to have mm-hmm. it there so people can get something right away. You also have those kid-style bows. I think you even had something where you can trade in a bow or something like that if you've had it, uh, unless I read it wrong. Yep. We have a trade-in and trade-up program on our youth bows, yeah. And, and you know, that's great because someone gets gets a younger – younger student a bow they don't want to have to do the whole expense all over again if you can actually trade it in it's even better than that um if somebody orders a custom bow from you how long does it generally take an adult custom bow right now i have a nine month wait for okay so so even there that's where the in stock bows come in yeah you can't wait nine months Mm -hmm. then i try to have a decent selection on the website for the whole family. Yeah, you, you try um, to crank some extra ones out there so that they're available, I guess, and sneak yeah. them in whenever you can in between other bows. And I get that, and that's really that. That's what kind of separates you from other people because you. It does appear that you always have a pretty good stock of bows in there if someone wants doesn't want to wait and just wants to get something right away. And you don't skimp on the quality at all. One thing I noticed about this bow, um, besides the fact that it it draws really nice. Is that okay? I've I've had other longbows and I've taught people with longbows before, but it didn't hit me until the other day when I was drawing it back. And I'm like, wait a minute! I just figured out what makes this bow so nice, at least for me, because I'm a recurve shooter. It's got like a recurve handle on it, because most longbows are very very straight, very narrow. The risers aren't necessarily cut to center, and I'm like, wow! So that's what, and a guy was down at the range, and we we let him hold it. He's like wow, this feels great. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's got all the advantages of a recurve and like none of the ugliness of a traditional longbow. And they're like, where'd you get this from? <laughs> I pointed him to your website. So he, he's probably looking at it there. And I know this particular guy, he he has a custom bowyer that he works with all the time. And I'm willing to bet that he's yelling at him right now. <laughs> saying, Why couldn't you do this for me or something like that? Do all your longbows have that same handle on them or not? You know, all of our bows have a forward handle okay. or a re- recurve style handle. Mm-hmm. However, um, that larger riser um, that a forward handle creates allows me to do a large variety of different grips. Everything yeah. from very high risk grips to low risk grips on both my recurves and my longbows. Mm. And that allows me to do a lot of customizing of grip to fit the customer's hand when I'm doing a custom order. Mm-hmm. But it also, and, and of course, when I'm trying to do in-stock bows to have on the website or to take to shows, mm. I try to have a, a bit of a variety on uh, availability. But that forward handle is the key. Yeah. Because it gives you something to work with when you're shaping mm-hmm. it's um there's meat to it yes and it allows me to have a lovely um availability to do something curvy and sexy that'll fit <laughs> lovely into a hand um when i was searching for a bow for myself many years ago um it was really really hard for me i i have a very small hand okay um, I even buy children's gloves. Oh, wow. And so um, years ago, when I was, I wanted something 
that not only had a narrow throat that would allow me to comfortably have it, uh, the diameter in, in my hand, but still have some swell curviness mm-hmm. to keep my hand close to the shelf. And at the time, I couldn't find anything that fit my hand. And thus, I was struggling with torquing issues yeah. um, as I was shooting. Uh, if the grip doesn't fit your hand, you have a tendency to want to grasp it, hold it, uh, do something to keep it where you want it. And I couldn't uh, solve that issue until I started building for myself. And that's how I actually got interested in bow building, was finding a way to have something fit my little, my, my, my child-sized hand. So out of necessity, you came up with a solution that actually I think a lot of people like because if anyone else is shooting one of these bows, they, they shoot amazing. Mm-hmm. And one, one thing that, you know, with, with this type of bow, and, you know, normally I teach compound, but I've been shooting recurves, um, like I said, since I was, well, after I could barely walk. Um, but, and that was just a thing with me. One thing with, with, longbows is that most people with a longbow and you, you'll see them all over the place they they tend to shoot very heavy weights and stuff like that for hunting mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for guys to shoot 60 65 pounds even 70 and i've got a couple of crankers mm-hmm. at the range who are shooting 80 pounds on longbows and i'm like okay that's nice so the the thing is that your design allows the bow to be in my opinion uh a lot more effective as far as how how that that curve works when when it's generating all that power and now generally i shoot a very very heavy arrow I mean, everyone who who shoots with me i build very heavy arrows for them i i don't subscribe to like mm-hmm. the craziness or anything like that but i will build them at the ordinary heavy so i think that the first arrow i shot out of that thing uh was 30 31 inches and weighed almost 700 grains which you know, for bow, this sounds like it's forty-one pounds. It's like mm-hmm. oh, that's way—that's way too much for it. Well, the guys that they were at the range barely struggling to pull back their seventy-pound bows, and mm-hmm. you know, make it into the target of twenty. Like okay, and when I shot it, and like with this heavy arrow, it generated all the speed. It was actually just as fast as theirs, if not, I think a little screaming faster. Um, Our and, bows love heavy arrows; they just do. And it hit like a hammer. Because, I mean, it sounded like a shotgun blast going off when it hit the target. When it was being released, you don't hear anything coming off the bow. But when it hits, it hits like a like a hammer. And they're all of a sudden looking. He's like, well, what is that, 70 pounds, 75? I'm like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. He goes, no, nah, it's at least 65. And I'm like, okay, what does it say on there? He goes, what? 41? I'm like, yeah. And they're looking at me like, oh, that's crazy. I'm like, no. And then they saw a couple of things happen a little while later with some arrows that met an unfortunate fate and um, where they were basically smashed by each other. <coughs> and that... Well, you know, slapping those arrows together, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, it's expensive, but it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's easier when, uh, when you're a dealer. <laughs> you can get the arrows at a cheaper <laughs> price. Um, with, with the kids I'm, tra- I'm training, I'm used to it. But... Um, when they saw that, they saw it was only 41. They're like, something's not right. And then one of the guys looked at the handle and he's like, damn, that's just, that, that, that just looks, you know, awesome to hold. I'm like, we would let you hold it, but no, we're not going to. Uh, <laughs> so you can buy one if you want. Um, I don't think you'd be able to find somebody to make you one like this. He, he just couldn't believe. Our, our design is quite unique. It really is. With the forward handle, mm-hmm. the reflex, deflex, the flat limb design, but, but partly uh, um, that longer riser with the reflex, deflex, it really does give a good amount of kinetic energy and speed. And that and is, it proves itself. Yeah, it really does it's that. It's surprising what the lower poundage bows that I built can do. Well, I've always um, preached that you don't need to be shooting crazy weight in order to, to be yeah. effective, especially when you're going hunting with this thing. Um, yeah. You know, all the, the kids that I train, and <laughs> unusually, most of the girls that I train, they, they start between 9 and 12 years old, and by the time they hit 12, they 
it's not just that they're competing. They're competing in national events and that sort of thing. They're, they're, mm-hmm. The first thing they asked me is, uh, when are we going to get to go hunting? I'm like, uh, if your parents say it's okay and we get you your safety mm-hmm. course and all that, I'll take you myself. Boy, sometimes I regret doing that. Um, <laughs> I can be a slave to that during the winter months, uh, during the hunting season, because at any one point I probably have six or seven girls out there hunting uh, uh, you know, on the weekends or something like that, and they'll get their parents to drag them out to the, to, to the public land area. And then when they hit something, and it's not even that they can't find it, they're like, uh, well, we got to call the coach because he's going to come find it for us, field dress it, and drag it out. I, I, I'm like, you know, your dad hunts too. There's a whole skill to to blood trailing. Oh yeah, tracking. I teach him and, all that and gutting. So, <laughs> so I, I've got I've got one girl who, um, little Amy. She she went out last year, uh, her first year out. Uh, 13 years old, goes out there, and I took her out myself, and she winds up getting a nine pointer her. Opening morning, she shot it at uh, her compound. She shot that bow uh, at that deer at forty-seven yards, and she she nailed a uh, a pretty big nine-pointer. I think it scored like one thirty. So for most of the hunters around here, that's like a trophy. Um, I'm like, okay, that's great, whatever. Um, and she was very, very any proud. deer that you take is a trophy. Exactly, but that, that's wonderful. Uh, and then I kind of turned her into a monster because then she wants to go every single weekend. Now, her dad's also a hunter, uh, and I'm like, look, sweetie, if you want to go, go with your dad. If you have a problem, you can always get me on the phone. Not a big deal. Yeah, her dad's still angry at me for that one. Uh, She has dragged him out there like every single weekend. Two weeks later, because in in Jersey, you get two buck tags, and um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she calls me at 930 in the morning. She's like, "Uh, Coach, can you help us find this deer? I'm like, you shot another deer? Would you get a doe? She says, no, a little bit bigger. I'm like, okay. Uh, so luckily it's only about an hour from my house that I just cross the bridge and drive over into Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I get over there and I'm like, okay, kid, what'd you do? She goes, well, that's where I hit it. Blood trail's over there. All right, fine. I follow the trail. Now her dad's also a hunter. For some reason, she's like, nope, I won't let him spoil this. I need you to find it because if this deer is still alive and he jumps it, it's going to really, really make me angry. I'm like, okay, fine. I found it about 50, 60 yards away. And I'm looking at this deer. I'm like, you said it was a little bigger than a doe. She goes, well, it is. Uh, I'm like, kid, um, this is like a 160, 170 class deer, uh, 11 points. I'm like, and you call this a little bigger. She goes, well, the whole thing was, and she gets into this whole deal, and as only my female students would do. She goes, well, you know, there were four bucks standing together, and this one looked like the one that his rack didn't look, you know, even to me. So I didn't want him in the population, so I shot him. I'm like, you what? <laughs> he, he, he didn't look symmetric. I'm like, you're using words like symmetric with deer now, like you've been hunting 30 years. <laughs> And she's like, uh, well, it didn't look symmetric to me, so so I just took 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 the shot at him. And then I, I measured the shot from where their blind was to where she shot the deer. And I'm like, okay, kid, I, I know I've been teaching you 50 meters and all that. For a 13-year-old kid, shooting 50 meters is a big deal. She shot this deer at, at 79 yards. Most of the adults mm. I know can't shoot that far. That's why they get annoyed whenever my girls go down to the range because then they're looking at what's going on and they're like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we can't shoot past 20. Your kids are shooting 80 yards. I'm like, yeah. So I, we get it back and I dragged it in and I told her dad, I said, you're going to take care of the rest of this thing? He goes, I'm going to take it to the taxidermist. And when I have to tell him that it wasn't me and it was my daughter again, I'm going to be very mm-hmm. embarrassed because I've never shot a buck anywhere near that big. I'm like, yeah, get used to it because this is what happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bet he was a proud papa. Oh, yes, he was. The whole, and just absolutely beaming and glowing. And they, they the did whole it. time he's at the taxidermist and with her. They you did. know, there's one of the greatest mm-hmm. joys of working with you is that it's almost more fun with your student or your kids or, in my case, these days, grandkids. I, 
it's almost more fun than doing it myself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the way it is for me when I'm taking them out there, whether they're going after a turkey or a deer. You know, mm-hmm. as soon as they put one down, I'm like, you know, it's the most awesome feeling in the world. But whenever my students succeed. Oh, man, su- you're succeed, floating on it. You're floating. Yeah. You're floating. Whenever the students <laughs> succeed at anything, I'm really, really proud of them. Um, sometimes I create maniacs and monsters out of them who like won't stop or don't know when to stop or whatever um i got another one who who actually has hunting property in back of their house where they live in new jersey and has gotten up mm-hmm. and since jersey has like no limit on does depending on where you are i think in one week she killed like five does or something like that i'm like uh and she keeps on dragging them back to the back of the house she's all of about 100 pounds dragging like 150 pound doe back there and mm-hmm. she just her, her mom says could you please have a talk with her she can't keep killing these deer like this. And we told her we don't have room in the freezer. Yeah, she's getting them with the tags and all that. But uh, where are we going to put them? Mm-hmm. She told me we're going to donate it to a venison donation program. So she's going to keep killing them. I'm like, wonderful. well, <laughs> there you go. You know, there are so many good programs now for utilizing the meat mm-hmm. um, for um, families. Um, food pantry it, uh, there's just um good for her so so you know it, it's my female students who mostly excel at the stuff and a few mm-hmm. of them got a look at your bow and they were more interested in the fact that it was made by a a female bowyer because like i said we had never heard of one before and then when they're like i let them touch it feel it whatever uh and they're like Oh, this is so nice. I'm like, uh-huh. So now you tell your mom and your dad to save up your money and go and get one from her on that site. She goes, you think we're going to get it from anybody else? Of course we're going to get it from her. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. But can we shoot yours in the meantime? I said, no, you cannot. You may come and, <laughs> and admire it, but you may not shoot it until you get your own. And they're like, uh, okay, whatever, fine. So I think you'll be hearing from a few of them soon. But... um Getting back to how you build these things out, I mean, okay, so you have a nine-month waiting list on. How long from the time you start a bow does it take you to finish one? About a month. Okay. Um, the, um, the, the the finishing uh, portion takes 10 days on its own Okay. Um, with the many coats of finish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, so, and, of course, I'm running uh, several bows, um, in conjunction with each other. So I'm not working on the bow the whole time, but about from the time I raw cut, mm-hmm. you know, the boards until the bow's ready to ship out is usually three to four weeks. Okay. And we're finishing about uh, four week, uh, bows a week. Mm-hmm. And um, usually a couple of those are youth bows. Yeah. Uh, one of those is a custom order and one is for the website. Okay. Oh, Generally, the, that's the, how I work it. The the coloring that's on the one I got is amazing, to say the least. I mean, you, you call mm-hmm. it like that bottomlands camo or whatever, and mm-hmm. it really, really, it, it just blends so easily. Uh, I couldn't believe it when I looked at it because normally people have to stain the woods and paint them and do all this. Uh, and this thing, it's not shiny. It's like a matte finish when I saw it. It's perfect mm-hmm. for hunting. That That's why I really, really liked it when i saw it on the site but when it came out of the box it was amazing um as far as like when you're when you're building these things out you ask the customer whether they want a high medium a low grip that sort of thing i take it do you have mm-hmm. like different options you can put on them or do you just only do it out of woods and like you don't put on like moose tips or anything like that on them when i'm uh doing a custom order for someone and i ship both all over the world okay. so i had to come up with a way to fit that grip for yeah. the customer via the, the mail. Yeah. So what I have done, and as far as I know, I'm the only boy you're doing this. Um, and part of the reason I can do this is because I'm hand shaping and filing each grip. I'm not using any machining or CNC. Yeah. Most bow companies have a couple grips styles mm-hmm. that they do yeah and they have a machine that shapes that out once the bow's glued up well, yeah, i don't CNC do that it. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so because i'm hand shaping and filing on them that allows me a large leeway so i have a box of several grips 
okay. that are low weight, it's just the grip area, and there's seven or eight of them, um, right-handed, left-handed, mm-hmm. um, and I ship that out to the customer. Really? And then they can handle that variety of grips from the low risk to the high risk. But even more so, they can even customize what they choose a little bit more than just choosing one of the, the, the grips in the box. So say, for instance, they want a high-risk grip, but the high-risk grip I have in the box, the throat's not quite narrow enough. So then they're going to take a pencil and they're going to shade in what areas feel a little fat to them. Really? And then I want a tracing of their bow hand, which kind of gives me an idea of what diameter of the throat is going to comfortably fit their hand. That gives me a little idea of how much to reduce as well, if they need that reduced. Now, then they ship those grips back to me, and what they choose goes on their bow. Now, if they have a grip that doesn't quite have, now I'm working on a bow right now, for a gentleman, um, it's a gift from his wife for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. He handled the grips, and one of the, the grips didn't quite have enough palm swell for him. So he took the Play-Doh that I had in the box, and he built up his palm swell to fit what he needed for his hand. Okay. Then he let that dry a little bit, wrapped it in bubble wrap, and then shipped the grips back to me. That's what I'm putting on his bow. Wow. It works really, really well for a grip to fit the archer's hand is key to how well the bow shoots for the archer. Because if the bow fits your hand, you don't even have to think about what that bow hand's doing. It just fits. And it's the same shot after shot, after shot, after shot. That translates into very tight groups with accurate arrow delivery because you're not having to grip that bow or think about that. Um, You're not having to turn your wrist or trying to... I've seen funky people doing this funky two-finger thing yeah, uh, where they're trying to not grip their bow Um, Because they're trying to fix a torquing issue. Mm -hmm. Well, they're doing that because the grip on their bow doesn't fit their hand. I noticed one big thing about it is like, like when I had one made by Big Jim, the first thing he asked me is, well, how do you shoot? Do you shoot split finger or do you shoot three under? I know precisely why he asked that question because of the, Mm -hmm. the, the force on the lower limb versus the upper limb and that sort of thing. So then when we got it, the first thing that hit me is, oh, I hope it's not one of these that I'm going to have to you know, go back, you know, we're going to have to shoot it split finger because it didn't make a difference mm. with this thing. It actually shoots awesome with three under, which is how, how I shoot. Um, and yeah. how all my students shoot, they all shoot three under and it's apps. I think it has to do a lot with the grip positioning. It has to do a lot with how you cut the bow. It, it just, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a perfect fit. And like, I didn't know anything about you sending out grips to people and having them try what, you know, to see what fits them mm-hmm. because I don't think anybody else actually does that. Um, I would say they probably Most people don't. don't have the um, patience for that kind of customization. Yeah. Um, but that the tillering is also key. And that is something that I like to do as well is to know exactly what my customer needs mm-hmm. as a shooter, split finger, three under something funky. Mm-hmm. I, you know, um, I have a couple, I've had a couple of customers that shit that, uh, shoot two fingers. Okay. Um, that type of thing. And the but, one that I got uh, from you, that one was cut for what? For split finger? Yeah. Okay. You couldn't tell by shooting it. I can tell you that. You, I, I try with my in-stock bows, they have them tillered so that they will shoot well either way with minimal tweaking of the knocking points, etc. It's, so, it's incredible. Um, yeah. And, and you will notice um, that's also one of the reasons um, a bow that's tillered properly is very quiet. That it is. 
So oh. th- this thing is awesome silent. Um, you know, shooting um, shooting a, an arrow that's at least, you know, 8 to 10 grains per, per inch is, mm-hmm. you know, the standard, what you should be doing. I think our, our arrows average like between 10 and 12 or something like that. So that makes it additionally quieter. But um, mm-hmm. so if someone's going to order a bow from you and, you know, you get all the information, you're going to ask them what kind of grip they want, you send them out the grips. Mm-hmm. Do you offer different colors and that sort of thing as far as, you know, different woods or anything like that? Uh, I work with a lot of uh, a huge variety of materials. If it's suitable for bow building, okay. I work with it. Mm-hmm. It's um, everything from exotic woods to native uh, woods, the woods that are native to my area. Mm-hmm. Um, working with action woods as well. Um, I work with a lot of the bright colors for the the young ones. They love the bright colors and it makes a difference mm-hmm. on how well the bow shoots for them if they like the color of their bow. I can tell you right now, these little ones, if they love the color of their bow, they have confidence in that bow and they shoot that bow yep. well. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, I can make them all alike, but if, if you know, and, and especially for the young ladies, <laughs> if they love the look at the bow, They'll shoot it, it shoots better for them. That, that's, it's, it, well, it's, it's like if you've gone to a, a wonderful five-star restaurant mm-hmm. and it's the same chef making the same meal and you put it on on the china and you put it with the fancy napkin and you put it with the crystal. It's going to taste better than if it's served to you on a china plate with some plasticware. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, archery is largely mental. If you love if your bow is beautiful for you, if your equipment is appealing to you, it will shoot better for you. You know, it's like... It's with, not logical. It's just the truth. It actually is very logical. And, um, you know, it, it, if, you hit, if you hit my website, when you go look over there, you'll see that mm-hmm. everything is based in purple. Um, and that's got a mm-hmm. long story behind it and all that. But basically, all of our bows that we shoot, all the girls that, that shoot with me... When they order a new bow, we always get it in purple, um, and that's in support of Pancreatic Cancer Foundation. And big long story behind that. But um, so, so the first thing that I got asked was, "You think she can make it with a purple tint on it?" And I'm like, "Judging from what I'm seeing here, probably." <laughs> so yes, so I if do you get a lot of purple, if you get a request I like that, I do a that, huge amount of purple. Oh. Purple and teal are are the uh, flavors of the flavors of the spring right now i'm <laughs> um, doing a lot of purple and teal um but uh, as you could imagine i have um uh, the average boyer probably has uh, a 20 percent female clientele uh-huh. and i have about a 70 percent female clientele so um i do a lot of work for the ladies well they, they know where to get the good stuff that's usually the way it works <laughs> so they I, go on to you. i love I, I, I think part of it is that they feel a little bit more comfortable um, working with me, maybe, um, though they shouldn't feel uncomfortable. Most of the guys are very, very good with the young ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, sometimes our young ladies are very shy about articulating um, their needs to um, a, a big burly man or whatever. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a, you they know, can relate to you. No big deal. <laughs> now, do you um, go to all the shows and that sort of thing? Um, I do a lot of shows. Um, COVID's kind of killed all that. Cr- yeah. with that was a weird, um, surreal, bizarre mm-hmm. world experience um, yeah. the last couple of years. But um, I do go to a lot of shows. I go to, uh, sometimes I'm not. I'm just there um, as a coach. Sometimes I'm just there as a shooter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm there as a lawyer. Okay. But um, I, I very, very much enjoy working in the traditional archery community. And it's so changed over the years. You know, back uh, when I was a new shooter, uh, of course, uh, you know, if I saw one other chick all day, you know, we'd be like, hey, girlfriend, hi, oh my gosh, there's a woman. Yeah. Just, I'll be, I'd be poking my husband and go, look, look, there's another woman. Can you believe it? Oh, my, oh, mom, I gotta go, I gotta go talk to my sister. 
these days, every, everywhere you go, the women are large and in charge. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of us, and we're everywhere. And becoming uh, active in roles of the organization, um, on councils, um, in leadership roles, in uh, coaching. And it, it's, it's just a wonderful time to see um, how archery is flourishing, but becoming more diverse in a lot of aspects, not just uh, women. Mm-hmm. It seems that in the last couple of years, traditional archery especially has grown a lot, uh, mostly because, you know, there's a few people out there who have popularized it. Um, there's a guy out west uh, who goes by, the, he's nicknamed Trad Jesus, but goes by the name Aaron Snyder. He's done a lot for the traditional, you know, bow hunting. He's compound shooter, went to the traditional on a bet or something like that, and, like, he's never turned back. Uh, so people like that, they do popularize it. And for the most part, mm-hmm. trad is always easier to get into than other styles. So you want to go into oh, yeah. into compound. It may take you a little longer to really perfect, you know, instinctive shooting, or if you want to set it up based on one of the other shooting methods, like a fixed crawl or something like that, you mm-hmm. can learn just as fast as on a compound. Um but people just have a lot more avenues to learn it. And the investment, you know, when you're first getting started is way lower. So they may be willing to invest $100, $150 on a commercially made Chinese bow from somewhere. Because, I mean, the Samic Sage, those things have been made for years. I think I have one that's over 35 years old. Um, and they've been made forever, but they're good, inexpensive bows to start learning on. And there's nothing wrong with them. But then they'll see the difference, like when they see one of these custom bows, like, you know, and then it just starts an addiction that <laughs> happens to them. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, they get so many bows, it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I find that, you know, I st- when I first start teaching people how to shoot a compound, I first start them off on a recurve so they can learn their form and that sort of thing, and then I'll work them over to a compound. There are people that I've started like that that never want to even know about a compound afterwards. They're like, nope, this is where yeah. I want to go because I want to do this for relaxing. And it's the same thing I tell people. I mean, okay, yeah. I have a full-time job. Okay, uh, and I ha- have my archery business as you know it doesn't pay the bills, so to speak. It was never meant for that. It's meant to spread the spread archery to kids and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I compete as a pro in the NFAA in, in the pro division, mm-hmm. uh, and I tell people like I compete in the pro division. I am not a professional archer. I have a, a real job. I don't do that for a living. <laughs> I do this because I love doing this. Because I can get a lot of people into the sport and do it at the same time. Most people who know me didn't even have the idea that I shot a trad bow at all. And I'm like, well, just because you don't see me doing it doesn't mean that I don't do it. I got like that whole Quigley down under thing. Like they all thought he only shot with a rifle. Give him a pistol. The guy's just <laughs> as deadly with a pistol. Like you may not see it doesn't mean I don't know how to do it. Yeah, fine. So when, when the kids are out there and, and they see me with the recurve, because generally I go down there to, to the outdoor field when none of my kids are around, uh, none of my students are there. You know, like I have my own relaxation time because to me it's how I relax. This is my easiest way to – I try to take one deer a year with it. Um, I relax with, with my recurve out there, and now you know I'm going to have to place an order for a custom longbow from you. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. Uh, anyway. Uh, so. Here's the thing. More toys is good. Yeah, it is. Now, you know, I you know I have never been a a, a purist. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people out there in traditional art. Well, there's some people in in any sport that will they'll get very dogmatic that what they do is the best, and yeah. that's what you should do, and that's all you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know compound archers that are like that, and I know muzzle loader shooters that are like that, and I know. Uh, cowboy pistol shooters that are like that. And I know traditional archers who are like that, but that's never been my philosophy. You don't want to know what my dirty little secret is. <laughs> What's that? I have, I have a compound bow in my basement. Oh, gee, <laughs> the secret's out. There we go. <laughs> um, and- oh, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'll be told. <laughs> You've been that's exposed. That's the end of my career. <laughs> no, I was a compound shooter for almost 20 years before I took up traditional archery. Wow. Now, my husband um, shot traditional way back 
way back in 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 the uh, gee, probably when he, he was a kid, even way way back, his mm-hmm. first bow was a a bear seventy sixer. Yeah, um, takedown, one of those. And um, he probably saw the nudie uh, a bear art, uh, archery girl in the magazine, and had to go save up his money and go buy one of those. Did you <laughs> did you ever see that ad? Yeah, I've seen ranch? it before. Yes. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that got a lot of teenage boys into archery. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> so anyway, we, uh, you know, and and uh, it's a you know he, but he went to compound archery for many years, um, as you know, and he got me into compound archery, and uh, we loved it. We we had a great time, and um, more toys is good. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever is making you enjoy the outdoors. Um, whatever um, is, is giving you a joy in your life that gets you to feel like you can relax, um, have some downtime, mm-hmm. um, whatever. What I love about archery in particular, in its many forms and facets, is what it a family a family type of uh, event that it becomes yes when you can um, you're able to um, get out and do together um, in a way it's not a team sport it's a group sport yep but it builds this amazing individual self-esteem. That it does. Particularly for our young people. You've probably seen this. Yes. Um, and our young people need to be able to have something that helps them build self-esteem. Team sports have their place. And they're wonderful for learning how to work with other humans and communicate well. But they don't necessarily build individual self-esteem like yeah. archery does. because. Uh, when you put in the hard work as a team sport, the team gets the credit. Whether whether you scored the goal or not, um, whether you sat on the bench or not, and that's wonderful. That's great. It has its place. But with archery, when you put in the hard work and you put in the time shooting and you focus on the task and you um, build the muscle memory. You build. Um, you tune your arrows. You uh, put in that. The success is yours. Yes. And the success always comes in varying degrees. Some of us are naturals, and some of us have to work a little harder at it. But when I hit that target, and when I succeed. And traditional archery, even more so than compound archery, because a lot of times compound archery is about the tuning of your equipment and the Mm -hmm. technology and getting that all right. But with traditional archery, when you succeed at the task, it's you, the archer, you have succeeded and you've put it all together mentally focusing as well as gelling with your equipment, choosing what works for you. It makes a huge difference in the young people. When you see them succeed and the arrow hits the target where they want it to, and they turn around and their eyes are big and their grin is huge. Mm-hmm. And the girls, they'll go, I did that? Yep. Yeah, you did that. You, you. That's why if you check some it's of my amazing. Inst- it's amazing for, for the kids. It's amazing for adults. If you check some of my Instagram posts, you'll see kids shooting uh, balloons off of the top of zombie heads and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's yeah. what, you know, that's what they really, really love to do because they get that sense of mm-hmm. accomplishment. You know, I popped a balloon at 50 yards. Name an adult yeah. who can do that half the time. And it's almost the, impossible. The sense of accomplishment. Yep. I love that. Mm-hmm. That, that, that for them to walk away from you know, and any time I love doing the balloon shoots with kids. Yep. We do a little stuffed animal shoot too, mm-hmm. and the kids all walk away with uh, whatever animal they harvested. 
you know, that's fun. But it's um, that sense of accomplishment is something that is hard um, for our young people to find in a in a physical form. Yep. And so who knows what that was? With, with, with this thing right now, um, you know, you know, the big the big deal with me is very simple. I believe that any method you can get people to get into the outdoors, people get to do something as a family mm-hmm. together, is well worth it. And yeah. I teach hunter safety in New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we teach in class is, you know, when it comes to hunting and the outdoors, our biggest enemy that we have is each other because people get into cliques where the compound shooters can't yeah. get along with the recurve shooters. The recurve shooters don't get along with the compound shooters. Neither one of them gets along it's with people who shoot guns. Attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't want, and, and for, you know, heaven forbid you start talking about crossbows and stuff like that. And what I tell people is, listen, I don't care what floats your boat. If, Compound does it for you. If recurve does it for you, traditional stuff. If a crossbow does it for you, it really doesn't matter to me. If you're getting out there and you're getting your family involved with it, and even better than that, if you're getting your kids away from the front of a video game, that's all I really yeah. can ask. And it, it works so well. But especially mm-hmm. with the traditional stuff now, I'm like, okay, this is what we call a rubber blunt. You know what you do with this? You can go through the woods when, when you're upstate or something like that. And you can stump shoot. You can challenge each other like, here, shoot that tree at this distance, went over there, see if you can mm-hmm. hit it. And they've never even heard of anything like this before. I'm like, you can do that with a compound, but chances are you're going to bust your arrow. But with a traditional bow, you can get away with that sort of thing. And there's different heads yeah. that you can put on this thing for small game hunting, you name it. I mean, it just has a lot more avenues. And they once they realize that, they're like, well, they not only want to shoot compound, they want to have a recurve hanging around somewhere too. I find mm-hmm. a lot of the kids, you know, who may have started for competition purposes, because my big thing is they, they bring a lot of kids to me to learn for competition. If the kid doesn't want to do it for competition, I want I don't want them to do it at all. I want them to do it, you know, whatever excites them. So if they enjoy only shooting at targets like zombies and ogres and stuff like that, if yeah. that's what floats their boat and they don't want to compete, that's fine with me. But don't ever bring me a kid and say, you got to force them to shoot target. I'm like, if they don't want to do it, it's not going to work. I want them to be happy with it. And I've seen a lot of them that, you know, they start out that way and then they mature into something else where they want to, they want to shoot target, uh, you know, There's at a so high level. There's so many avenues that yep. archery fits into. Mm-hmm. And um, here in our state of Michigan where I live, there's a, uh, there is some type of traditional or compound archery event and some weekends. Every weekend, every mm-hmm. weekend, there's something going on. And a lot of times, there's more than one that you can hit. Yep. Um, we have a, just a huge amount of them uh, within, you know, you can usually, as a family, go shoot any chosen weekend all summer long, just 3D targets yep. if you want to. Or you can go and do just some stump shooting in the woods. Exactly. Uh, you know, the Japanese have this wonderful thing. They call it, um, they have a word for it, and it loosely translates to forest bathing. Uh-huh. It is so good for our health to get outside in the woods. Yep. It's just good for us. To breathe all so the normal whatever, air. Yep. Whatever it is that you want to do, that gets you outside or in the woods, forest bathing, or out stump shooting, 3D, just do it. It's, there's, um, it's one of the, the reasons why we um, started making bows for the whole family. Yeah. Um, when we took over the company, my husband and I, um, all St. Joe River bows had done before was adult. Men, okay. and as time went on, we prototyped bows that were good for lower poundage for women, children, teenagers. We keep adding. We keep Everything adding in between. Yep. Because everybody, you know, when you can all do that together, you can all get out there, and we see it. You probably see this a lot. You'll get one person in the family, one of the ch- children 
that's interested in learning how to shoot or whatever. And the next thing you know, you've got the whole family out yep, there together. Exactly. And Isn't that awesome? It's it's actually the the best part of everything is when you can. It's like almost uh, it spreads to the rest of them, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, if they're doing it, I want to try to do this too." I find that with the parents mostly. Um, you know, they'll bring the kids to me, and the kids start shooting. And after like a month or so, like that, one of the parents will be like, uh, "So you think I could try this out too?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And before you know it, they're all getting bows and they're all getting started. But that that's you know, in the end, it's more spreading out archery to as many people as we can, so they can expose it. And yeah. here in the city. There's not a lot of exposure to archery at all. Um, we only have one yeah. public field in the entire city, and it happens to be here on Staten mm-hmm. Island where I live. Um, aside from that, you know, there's a couple of, in the entire city, which is a city, city of millions of people, I think we only have uh, three indoor ranges here that people can shoot at. Uh, so mm. it makes it a little harder for people to do it. But the more sure. people are exposed to it, the better it gets. So we're, we're trying to make strides over here and see what happens. But, um, you know, we've been at this for almost an hour. So... I'm mm-hmm. sure you have other things to do, including. I told you I was a talker. I told you, <laughs> <laughs> and that's completely okay with me. Um, but what other stuff do you have on your website besides the bows? I know you've got the kids' bows, you've got all types of recurves and um, and and other bows as well, long bows. But do you have do you do custom arrows or anything like that? We do just arrows for the youth. Okay. Um, for the most part, I'm just gonna I. For the most part, I find um, arrow building mind-numbingly boring. Okay. So I don't do that. Okay. Um, but I do have some some nice arrows for the youth that to make, try to make it as easy for the young ones to get uh, going as possible. We've got a little bit of swag, um, a little bit of uh, accessories like stringers, etc. But for the most part, I'm just a boyer. I'm just an artisan. Um, I am just someone who enjoys making dust yeah. and shooting bows. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I'll tell you that. So why don't you tell, tell the folks where they can find you? I don't know if you have an Instagram page or not, but uh, give we me a do. website. Yeah. Website and Instagram. So people mm-hmm. can, can uh, look you up and follow you. Uh, I'm sure that they'll yeah. be as interested as all my people are. Well, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website. It's just St. Joe River Bows. Okay. And it's www.com. Okay. You know, that's all there is to it, St. Joe River Bows. If you Google that, we come up just fine. We have, <laughs> um, so funny, we have a pretty large online presence, mm-hmm. um, but um, I'm building bows in what used to be my two-and-a-half-car garage. Try to keep it small and simple, just me with my... Uh, my husband, who um, I have a term for him, it's not family friendly. Never mind. Let's not go there. Um, okay. I went. Oh, 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 oh! This is a family show. Don't, don't say that. But anyway, we jokingly call our 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 shop the uh, St. Joe River Bows Metroplex and World Headquarters. Really? So, uh, but we we do have bows all over the world now. And um, I think probably um, the the only I, I have in Australia, um, several in the African continent, several in Europe. Um, um, I think probably the only place I haven't shipped is New, New Zealand and Russia. Wow! So, hey, if you're out there in New Zealand, hey, call me. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I have listeners in New Zealand, believe it or not. Um, so, 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 yeah, that that's yeah. When I look at the stats of where people are listening to my podcast from, I'm like, how are they listening to me in Victoria, Australia? I have no idea. But um, then because they have good taste, because they have good taste. That's what it is. <laughs> then I start getting the emails and all that sort of thing. I'm like, oh, I've got emails from all over the world. I'm like, wait, this is wonderful. I'm reaching out bigger. Bigger target audience yeah. than I ever thought. Um, so that's this- every now and then, you know, I'll get a I'll call. I, I just recently, I, I I'm getting ready to make a bow for a gentleman in Ireland, and I'm like, you know, he's talking, and I can barely understand him. And I'm like, Nick, how'd you find me? He goes, Oh, you know, on the web. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it just works out that way. So. 
Okay. Well, thanks for being on here. Just hang on a little bit until after I close this thing. Um, so, folks, there you have it. A female bowyer doing her thing at a high quality, pro- providing bows to both kids and adults in customized ways that I've never heard of before because I never heard of anyone shipping out handles. Talking about getting it the way that you want it. Um, that'll do it for us for this episode. As always, if you want to find us, you can find us at highpowerarchery.com on Instagram. No idea, but it's High Power Archery somewhere. Uh, you all know how to find me. If you have any questions, send us, send us an email, highpowerarchery at gmail.com. As always, like I always say, it's never goodbye. It's until we see you next time. Till then, um, stay safe and shoot straight, and we'll check you out.